Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. And welcome to episode 16 of Grown Up Kids. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we're being joined by a veteran guest, Tim Rogers. What's going on? Hey, what's up? I feel like I'm always on, which <laughs> I love. It's good. No, I've like thought about it. I think I've been on the most. Yeah, I think you have. Which is good. I like, I like talking about Disney movies. Yeah, you're just a yeah. all-around Disney dude. Tim, it's okay. Oh, I'm cool with it. <laughs> oh, it's me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember us? You're on a podcast? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, so today we will be discussing another live action slash animated combo, but not really like on top of each other. More a like teeny tiny bit at the end, but uh, it's called So Dear to My Heart, which features Bobby Driscoll and Luella... Luana Luana Patton, Patton who <laughs> are both from Song of the South. Luella? Whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so, it is the 30-second Disney Dash time. Yeah, it's quick today, because we already have all our profiles. Yeah. So, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Okay. Meg's winging it. Mm Mm-hmm. You ready? Yep. So, go. All right. So, we have Jeremiah and his little black lamb baby fun. Okay. I lost it. Yep. All right. So, uh, (laughs) Jeremiah and the black lamb, and he becomes friends with him, and then he takes care of him and raises him and then takes him to a show, and they win a special prize. I mean, oh, Meg. That's really like that's it. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> it's cute. Mine's a lot more detailed. Than that. <laughs> that's, that's good. I just like I got off track and then I lost okay. my frame of thought and, and yep. Uh, yep, I lost it. <laughs> Tim, would you like to go? Yeah, I'll go. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Set. Go. We start on a farm where Jeremiah dreams of having an award-winning racehorse that all changes when one of his ho- one of his lambs has a black lamb. He decides to raise it on its own and name it Dammy, but Danny, but his grandma kind of doesn't want him to do it. They get into a bunch of shenanigans, and then he wants to bring him to the county fair. They don't have money. He finds a bee tree, but then Danny's lost. Oh, no. He prays to God to find him. They find him. His grandma changes his mind. They go to the race, and he wins a special prize because he's one of a kind. Wow, 29. Oh my gosh, the first time I did it, it went over, and I just imagined <laughs> Katie going, eh. <laughs> You made it, it's okay. Yes, I made it. I feel so successful in life now. You are? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> All right, Katie, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. Jeremiah Kincaid and his Grammy granny live on a farm. They're sheep of babies and one is black that its mother rejects. Jeremiah begs to keep it, but gee whiz, Danny's a troublemaker and really has it out for screen doors. Jeremiah wants to enter him into the county fair, but granny resists. Danny gets loose a hundred times, but in the end, they win a special award and we all learn that it's what you do with what you got. 19. Good job. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Solid performance. (laughs) 
All right. So some history on So Dear to My Heart. It is um, a feature film, obviously, produced by Walt. It was released. Yeah, I know. Weird, right? Um, It was released on January 19th, 1949. It is a combination of animation and live action. But like Katie said, it's probably like 90-10. There's just a little bit of animation. And then at the very end, there's a little bit of crossover with animation on the live action with the little owl coming out of the um, case, like talking to Jeremiah. Um, and it's based on the 1943 Sterling North book called Midnight and Jeremiah, which was revised by Sterling North to parallel the film's storyline amendments and then reissued under the title So Dear to My Heart. So he actually changed his book after the movie came out to match the movie. He's like, oh, Walt, you did it better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have no idea. So, uh, yeah. My turn? Your turn. Fun Fun facts. facts. So Meg just took my first fun fact. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll say what Walt said about it. Um, He said, I knew I had found the perfect story for a new kind of motion picture when I read that book. So as we see in multiple films, Walt just finds something and becomes incredibly inspired and has to do something with it. So apparently it was that striking of a story, but not to Sterling North because he changed it. True. (laughs) You know. Um, So early scripts actually didn't include any animation. There was an article in the LA Times that stated the film would be about 90% live action. Uh, Walt would resort to cartoons only when nature couldn't provide his needs. So I thought that was kind of cool, especially because in the beginning, it's just like, you know, music and just like um, Just like all the animated beginnings. Yeah, but like they show like a picnic and it's like getting rained on and like that, the way he does it, it would be incredibly hard to film what yeah. I think Walt was visualizing. So yeah. it makes sense. That it just totally clicked in my head why he is an animation person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he's a film producer and he makes films, but live, like, real live action movies could never do everything that he wants to do. You know, like, if you think back to Snow White, he couldn't, <laughs> back in that day, he couldn't have filmed that live action because how are you going to have the um, animals help her clean and all of that? You know, I mean, like it would be impossible. Whereas he took something and found a way to figure out how to make it possible. I'd be curious to see Walt's reaction to, because when you said um, animals help you clean. So like the live action movies now? Yeah. I thought of Enchanted where the animals in real life. Yeah, quote unquote, help her clean. So, like, what would, like, I just want to see him (laughs) see that. I I really, like, I feel like his mind would be just blown Blown. by technology nowadays. Like, if you, Mm -hmm. like, I wonder if he would have preferred to make those things real, but he just couldn't in those times. So, like, if you think about, you know, the live action Beauty and the Beast and how they had, I mean, he wasn't around for the animated Beauty and the Beast, but even then, like, they didn't necessarily have all of the tools to do everything that that film did. Um, or, I'm trying to think if there's a, a lot, well, Jungle Book, you know, I mean, he, I think that was the last movie that he did with the company. Um, and l- looking back at the mm-hmm. live action Jungle Book, you know, I mean, he couldn't have done that in those times. I feel like he, um, of course, 
I have to bring up Harry Potter in every possible yeah. Disney episode. <laughs> I feel like you oh would treat God. it much the same that they treated um, a lot of the beginning Harry Potter movies because mm-hmm. they were very they did like very practical. Yeah, like, yeah they, they were like, if we can do it in real life, mm-hmm. we're gonna do it. We're only gonna resort to CGI mm-hmm. if we have to. And Walt was so hands on, and he yeah. loved to build little things. I think you're right. I think he would treat mm-hmm. it just like that as much as he could but i think it still would blow his mind to see a squirrel scrubbing a toilet as we see in <laughs> enchanted. enchanted but oh, you know yeah that was a fun little mm-hmm. tangent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh this film was what's the word i'm looking for distributed yeah by rko which rko radio production or pictures they've done like everything yeah, so up they to do this point. probably like 90 percent mm-hmm. um they tried to argue that it would be hard to sell a disney picture without cartoons so it's kind of seen seen by some people that maybe what was pushed into adding the animation sequences i can but, kind of see that but walt his contract with rko actually says um the features he they distribute for him will be animation cartoon or part anime cartoon, part live action. So there's no pr- provision for a wholly live action feature. Mm. And when the public sees Disney, they kind of expect to see animation. And Walt even said himself, and I thought of this while I was watching the movie, that the cartoon characters, um, he saw them as figments of a small boy's imagination, so they felt justified. One little spark. Of inspiration. <laughs> Wrong movie? Yeah. Is it saving a movie? movie. No. movie. Wrong. Saving a movie. It's just an attraction okay. at Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> so when they were filming, some of the days, I mean, they're out on the farm, Ugh. some of the days would exceed 100 degrees outside. Oh my god. And while the cast and extras were in their layered period costumes, cool air was pumped into to the uh, animal paddocks. So Danny was cool good but jeremiah because was he sweating. deserves it he was probably super hot in his little black wool <laughs> with the sun beating mm-hmm. down on him absorbing all that sun warmth yeah poor mm-hmm. guy. he was adorable though I oh, will my say that. oh my god oh my god i, I couldn't danny. handle danny he was just so cute yeah i watched him with my mom and my mom's like what is it with me with black animals because we've always had black cats and stuff and black dogs so it's like what is it with me with black animals he's cuter than the white one <laughs> sometimes you just gravitate to something you know yeah. yeah um so i'm gonna butcher her name but balua bondi i think that's right she's um who played granny she was only like she was just in her early 60s playing this role but um she had played other like old roles but her first old lady role was actually when she was only 20 years old. That's really weird. <laughs> yeah, so she's a, she's a she's natural a... at playing the granny. <laughs> she has a granny-looking face. Yeah. I yeah. think she was, she was actually, like, in her 40s, I thought, when I read it. I don't know. Oh, really? Because she died in the 80s, and she was, like, mm. 80 when she died. Hmm. Sorry, I did, like, a lot of research on all the actors on this movie, too. No, that's which even I was more later. Yeah, um, like, I also... Um, go ahead, no. go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I'll let you go on at the end what I was going to say, because there was stuff, like, you guys haven't mentioned about, I think it's Luana or whatever, and mm-hmm. Bobby, like, they were actually contracted with Walt Disney to make a bunch of movies. They were the first two actors ever contracted with Walt Disney. Hmm. Yeah, he loved those kids, well, it seems. <laughs> well, yeah, until, um, like, the 1950s when he fired Bobby, but I'll go into that at the end. Poor Bobby. I he like annoys him. me. Oh, I like him. I'm over him. 
Yeah. Well, when he got older, he kind of got like more obnoxious, I guess. Like they said, like his face broke out in acne and like Walt hired him to play like a hero. Like he does, like he's in Treasure Planet and Peter Pan and he plays like a hero, but he looked more like the, like that kid that he pushed into the barrel of honey. Like he was starting (laughs) to look more like a villain. His voice was starting to sound more like a villain and that wasn't why they hired him. They hired him and we wanted to play like the heroes and stuff, which I thought was really interesting when I read that. Hmm. I know. Because he's in my fa- my favorite movie, like I mentioned, Peter Pan. So like I was, that's how I knew his name. I'm like, oh, Bobby Driscoll. It's in the opening credits. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. I mean, the kid can't stop himself from uh, yeah. maturing, you know. And yeah. his death. Oh my gosh, his he's death really is so. Young, I know. He he died a hobo. He was like homeless in the streets of New York. Like some kids found him in an abandoned apartment. It was so sad. That's sad. He was 31. Yeah. No, like they didn't. His mom didn't even know he was dead till like a year and a half after he died because his dad was like dying and they were trying to find him. Like she hired private investigators and they found him from police reports. I was that. Uh, I'm gonna start Crazy. crying for that poor story. Like I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, sad. it's sad. It's sad, but but like he had money. He spent it all on drugs. Like that mm. was what a lot of celebrities do. Sorry, I didn't mean to go dark there, but... No, so the moral of the story is don't do drugs. <laughs> don't do drugs, yes. Yeah. And when you break out in agony, buy a bunch of foundation and be like, see, I can be sweet and innocent still. <laughs> what was, oh, I was going to say also about Baloo Abandi, again, the woman who mm-hmm. plays Granny. I don't remember the exact quote, but someone was talking about... Like, you know how you see her um, quilting mm-hmm. and... Um, like fixing like making the wool into like proper fabric and all that um she didn't know any of that so she like had to learn it for the film and someone commented that like she looked like she'd been doing it all her life like she just learned it that well yeah um so close to 500 local residents gathered every day at the set to perform as background extras that's a lot i didn't think there was that many people there except maybe in like certain scenes maybe the county fair scene yeah county fair like when they all meet at the end at what is it grundy's mercantile yeah yeah um a quote from walt so dear was especially close to me why that's the life my brother and i grew up with as kids out in missouri the great racehorse dan patch was a hero to us we had dan patch's grandson on my father's farm that was kind of cool and the barn from the film was actually recreated in Walt's backyard, and I get, I think he, like, played in it often. <laughs> so Walt was also a grown-up kid. He had... That's, that's funny, because, like, he had that, and then he ended up building, like, a miniature train in his backyard. Yeah. And... The whole time I was watching this film, I was just, like, thinking... This is, like, straight out of Walt's head. You know, yeah, of, like, honestly. his own personal mm-hmm. life, it seemed. Like, this seemed like something he would have pulled directly from something like that. Marceline. Yeah. Um, so this film, apparently, from this article I found, directly inspired the creation of Disneylandia, which I don't think ever actually became a thing, because that no, eventually became, became Disneyland. Disneyland. Um, so before there was Disneylandia, Disneyland, Walt had toyed with the concept of Dislandia, which would involve several, like, 3D mechanical miniature exhibits in train cars that would travel the country. So he imagined that people, especially school children, again, I think he's, like, seeing himself in these kids often, uh, would visit, learn about the history and the heritage, um, but he was later convinced that wouldn't generate enough income. 
So that eventually just turned into the full-blown Disneyland. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, yes. Much better idea, Walt. Yeah. Up in heaven. I'm letting you know. That was a much better idea. <laughs> and then Thanks, this is Walt. just a little Walt <laughs> fun fact. We know that he was super good at making, like, tiny scale things. Um, so he actually personally built the cabin from the film, but, like, in a one-eighth scale. And I just love... Oh, this is, this is on showcase at One Man's Dream in Hollywood Studios now, so you can go and see this. But, um... Oh, is that what that is? I guess, yeah. And... I wonder if it's still there. I know they've changed One Man's Dream a lot. Yeah, but. true. But I, I found this description of, like, how he made these things. Like, he found pebbles from his vacation home for the chimney that's in there. Um... He, like, had a hand-braided rag rug in there that's, like, tinier than a matchstick. Like, he's just, like, building all these things. There's, like, a, a guitar in there with strings that are, like, thin as cat whiskers. Like, I don't know how he did these things, but his attention to detail goes everywhere. Even in a small-scale, yeah, tiny thing like this. Did we say that One Man's Dream is an attraction at... Hollywood Studios in Orlando. I, I think said we it was in. Over that. I said it was in Hollywood Studios. Oh, okay. But just so anybody knows, it's like this exhibit in yeah. Hollywood Studios and in, in Orlando. It, they keep changing it though lately. They've, but mostly it was to discuss like the history of the company and a lot of like artifacts from Walt and the studio back in the day. Yeah. It's really amazing. So if anybody is going to Disney, I highly recommend going to it. It's um. <laughs> They, they've been changing the film at the end, which was one man's dream, but I think that they still have a lot of the miniatures and, um, yeah, things like that in there. So it's definitely uh, a really awesome thing to check out if you are going. Tim nodded in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tim, we can't hear nods. Yeah. Sorry. I've only (laughs) seen the show once, but I really liked it. I need, I'm going back next year. So when I go back next year, I'll definitely. Yeah. It's good. Work on it. Yes. The trip is in the plans already. Good. Uh, oh, I'm yawning. Sorry, it's guys. Early. It's early today. And I was up late because, you know, <laughs> basketball and the Warriors won. I was waiting for that. <laughs> it was a good night. I did, too. I was waiting for it, too. <laughs> I knew Katie. she was going to put it in there somewhere. Oh, We're I recording knew. Swish later. I know it's going to come up in there, too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Warriors. All right. So, characters. How about Danny? Danny. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The, the main characters that we pulled for this one are Jeremiah Kincaid, who is played by Bobby Driscoll. And as um, Tim said, Bobby Driscoll had a pretty interesting and kind of sad life. He died very young. And yes, he did voice Peter Pan so we'll probably talk about him again in that Mm -hmm. one but Jeremiah is you know I like him in this movie I like him in this movie much more than Song of the South I think that this role Mm -hmm. is uh, a better role than that the story is better than that um uh and he he's very caring and very giving um he just has good character in this He's just like a really movie. good-natured little boy. He won, it was either an Oscar, like an honorary Oscar for his performance as Jeremiah. 
he, I mean, he really cared about Danny. He was not okay with his grand's answer as to why the mom sheep rejected the little baby. Um, he wasn't about to just let it get rejected and die, basically. So he took it upon himself, took it into his own hands. Snuck and, it in the house. Yeah, snuck it into the house, warmed it up, gave it, you know, fed it and raised Danny, basically, because the mama sheep wouldn't. And I think that that um, is just really adorable. Mm-hmm. So the next character is Danny, our good little. He's so cute. Danny, oh my god, mm-hmm. he is, and I, I, I have to say, he reminds me of my cat Iggy, like a lot. Why? Troublemaker. Oh my gosh, that's Super midnight. Troublemaker, like gets into everything, knocks things over every chance he gets. He. But, you know, in the, at the end of the day, he deserves a special award. You love I mean, him. look at his little face. He's freaking adorable. <laughs> He's the most photogenic cat I've ever owned. If I could enter him oh, into a cat photo contest, I think personally, hands down, <laughs> I would win it. Like, unanimous MVP like Steph Curry, you know? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's Iggy. <laughs> uh. And that's and that's Danny, mm-hmm. the unanimous MVP of the county fair, wins <laughs> special mm-hmm. award, services mm-hmm. to the school, like Tom Riddle. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my gosh! But crossing over <laughs> the extreme. In all today, seriousness, Mag. I I love Danny. He's just the mm-hmm. cutest little sheep in the entire world. I need someone to write a so dear to my heart slash Harry Potter fan fiction crossover. Danny winning special services, no, special Tom Riddle. Uh, special award with special services to the school. No, Tom Riddle gets entered into a county fair as a sheep, but he wins a special <laughs> award. And then Danny's a Hogwarts student, even though he's a sheep, and he wins a special award because he's a sheep. <laughs> I was gonna say, hold that on, Danny... is Danny a Horcrux? Oh my god, I was gonna say Danny is his Patronus. <laughs> no, that's yeah. a Patron. That will work, but. No. <laughs> Or maybe he's, like, the pet that someone brought to Hogwarts. I know you're only allowed to bring, like, a cat, an owl, or a toad, but you could just be like, he's a really big cat (laughs) that looks like a lamb and sounds like a lamb. Oh, man. All right, next up is Tildy, who is Luana Patton. Luella. Whatever. Whatever um she's cute i mean like i don't think that she is as important as jeremiah or as important of a role as she had i think she had a bigger role in song of the south personally um but i mean she's cute i like her she's like a nice little sidekick to jeremiah isn't it weird that you never see her parents yeah yeah you hear mention of her mom yeah you never see her parents you know, but she's, like, she's supportive. She's there for her friend. She wants Danny to go to the county fair. She wants Jeremiah to be able to go to the county fair. Um, I, I don't know. I like her. She's mm-hmm. cute. Mm-hmm. She has the highest little voice. Like, I know children have high-pitched voices, but, like, she could be Minnie Mouse. She's got the highest yeah. toned voice. Yeah. She uh, does. Next up is Granny. I got a love-hate relationship with Granny. She's got a good heart. She's trying to raise a strong boy, you know. I don't like her. But she comes around at the end. She teaches some good lessons. She does. Sorry. I I watched this with my mom last night, and my mom loved Granny because she's like, at the beginning, she seems coarse. My mom actually thought she was a little racist at the beginning with the lamb. Um, But she said... 
Yeah. She said Granny was her favorite because Granny taught him the life lessons, and then she even turned it around, and she goes, that's kind of like how I want to be when my mom's a new grandma. She wants to be stern when she has to be, but, like, fun when she has to be. But, no, but, like, that's how she felt. Like, she related to her a lot. That's why she liked her. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just... She... Okay. This is my thing with Granny. She seems like one of those people that, like... Okay, yes, I did view her as slightly racist in the beginning of the film. Um, I felt like there were a lot of racist undertones in this movie, but we will get to that shortly when we get to our favorite, least favorite. And what I didn't like about Granny is that she just is one of those people I feel like you make excuses for whenever they are racist or something like that like oh they're old that's just like their time that's, how they, are. that's how they are and like i hate that is like that's a pet peeve i'm like no there, there's no excuse for it don't why are you like that you know i don't care what time you're from you're living in the now and that's not okay now so like the thing with granny is just like she has those like, oh, well, it is what it is. You know, he got rejected. Just let nature run its course. That's what God wanted. I'm like, really? Is that what God wanted? Did God really? No. But then- Personally, I think what God wanted was for Jeremiah to take the sheep in and raise it mm. and learn life lessons yes. from Danny that way. Not yes. for the poor little thing to die. How morbid is she? That's not what God wants. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but, like, that was, like, how I felt during it. But I'm just like, why are you saying that to him? Why are you teaching that to Jeremiah? That's not, no. See, but she constantly flip-flops. She's like that, and then she's like, well, you might as well warm up by the fire and feed him. And then she'll be like. Hence why I don't like her. Then she'll be like, we're not going to the county fair. And then she's dancing and, like, having a great time. Why she gotta be so negative all the time? She's flip-flop. Why she gotta say no? Why is that her favorite word? No. No, no, we're not going to the county fair. No, you can't save the sheep. No, you can't let him live in here. No, he can't live inside. You got to put him outside in the barn. What the heck? Throw the kid a bone here. He's trying to help the sheep out. He loves the sheep. I would have loved the sheep more than I loved her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! I love I love Jeremiah and I love Danny. I am not a fan of Granny. Oh my god! All right, let's move on to Uncle Uh, Hiram. Whoa! (laughs) Step down from the soapbox. Burl Ives. What? what? Burl Ives, who sings like Christmas songs and is the um, narrator for like those awesome claymation Christmas movies, like Rudolph and Santa Claus Coming to Town. I loved his singing in the movie, like how he would break out in a song. It was so much fun. He made he reminded me a lot of just a different version of Uncle Remus. Just yeah, like this kind of. reliable, um, silly but can't but teaches real lessons uncle who's just like there for these two kids. You know, uh-huh. he's the the voice of reason. I really like how um, he's really on the kids' side a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he'll be like, be like, well, when I'm over tonight, maybe I'll just slip in about the county fair to your granny and he's just like so on their side and trying to just like make them happy but keep the peace you know how like growing up you always went to either your mom 
or your dad usually knowing I know which one will say yes to me. <laughs> Do you know what I yes. mean? Like based based on the situation, you knew who to ask, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would have been my go-to. Oh yeah. I would have been like, "Hey, oh, yes. Uncle Hiram, can you make sure that Granny learns the word yes?" <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. based on based on what you were doing, like if I wanted to go to con- to a concert back in high school, I would go to my dad first because he would be like, yeah, sure. Do you want the tickets for your birthday? And I'd be like, yeah. And then my mom would find out and she'd be like, who are you seeing? It's good Charlotte, isn't it? They're a bad influence. (laughs) But I was like, well, dad got me the tickets. Uh, Thanks. I love your mom. though. I know. Me too. (laughs) I do. But you know, like growing up, you had that parent that you knew who to go to based on the situation. Like when I wanted, uh, you know, an American girl doll, I wouldn't have gone and asked my dad. I would have gone and asked my mom. I'm like, hey, mom, can I have an American girl doll for my birthday? My dad wouldn't have said yes to that, but my mom did. <laughs> what I liked about him is, is like, he treated the kids like they're equal. Like, a lot of adults treat kids like they're, like, yeah. below them. Like, I'm an adult. Ha, mm-hmm. ha, ha. He and talked like, to that's... them, like, on the level of a friend. Yeah. yeah. That's what I really liked about him. Because, like, I don't have, I didn't have a lot of adults that talked to me like that. And now, like, my aunts and my uncles talk to me like I'm at the same level, but... When I was a kid, they didn't. Right. And it wasn't until, like, I got a job at 16 where my boss was, like, a full-grown adult where, like, an adult actually talked to me like I was an adult or, like, an equal. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one thing I really admired about him because I feel like as kids, like, we want an adult that, like, hears our voice and speaks to us. And that's what Uncle Hiram kind of did. I, that's what I really liked about him. Yeah, I agree. He's not my favorite, but he's up there. He's very up there on my list, but... Danny is my favorite. We're getting to that. When we get to that, I'll tell you who's my favorite. I'm not revealing anything yet. Okay. All right. Well, it's that time. So, favorite <laughs> character of the movie for me, Danny, all the way. Yep. I think he is the total MVP of this movie. He causes all the ruckus and still comes out on top with a ribbon on him. True. Mm-hmm. He's just adorable, steals the show in cuteness. Steals the show in action sequences, running through that store, knocking all that stuff down, breaking screen doors. He's like the chillest animal. He really is. Mm -hmm. He speaks on cue. (laughs) I mean, perfect sheep. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree Uh, for all those reasons. Least favorite? Granny. (laughs) Is anybody surprised? No. Not with you, no. Lady is not nice. My, my favorite was the dude that ran the store, Grundy. He's just crabby. He's mean too. Alright. Um, my favorite was Who's Jeremiah. Your favorite, did you say? Danny. Oh, Danny. Okay. Mine's Jeremiah. Um, I really like. He was just like that kid that you want to root for. Yeah. So like for the whole movie, like I was rooting for him and Danny. Like I want them to get the blue ribbon. And then like when I saw the judge, I'm like, they're giving him something different because. Danny's one of a kind. Like, they were all white sheep, and he was a black sheep in a field of white sheep. Mm-hmm. So it was like he was one of a kind, but Danny raised him to be a sturdy sheep. He wasn't a purebred. He wasn't a pedigree, but he was the best of the best. And, like, that was all because of Jeremiah. I don't know. Like, when Jeremiah was crying in his bed after his grandma gave him, like, a tough talk, 
like I felt so bad for him. Like, and then when he started crying, I was like, oh no. Yeah. And then the whole time I'm just like, find this sheep, Jeremiah, find him. Like when he went lost. My least favorite is that kid that Jeremiah pushes in the honey because he, <laughs> I just did not like him. At first it was Granny. At the beginning of the movie, I was like, you, Megan, where I was like, no, Granny's a beep. Yeah. Like, I don't like her. But then, like, at the end, like, she kind of turned it around. And she kind of did show the most character development, I think. Like, she went from being a... But she's a parent. Like, she's a grandparent. She raised probably Jeremiah's kid parents. They probably died. And then she stuck raising him. Like, she already raised kids and she has to do it again. Like, I yeah. get maybe why she is how she is. Because I'd be the same way if I raised my children. Then I have to raise my grandchildren. And I live on a farm where the kid wants to run off when he's got chores. No, but I think, yeah, the kid in the honey is my least favorite, but I thought it was really funny when he pushed me in and um, Mr. Grundy goes, we're going to send that bull to the city. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's probably why Mr. Grundy's not my least favorite, but he, he, I didn't like him either because he kind of was like, he hated Danny. And then at the end when Danny wins, of course he can come. The party's for him. Yeah. My favorite scene is probably whenever Danny is running through Mr. Grundy's store. Because <laughs> I thought oh. it was hilarious. And I love that Jeremiah was just like, don't worry, I'll get you a new screen. He's like, yeah, you better. And Jeremiah just like runs off like, yeah, right. <laughs> <Not doing laughs> I'll call my Uncle Hiram for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then... My least favorite scene is probably not going to be anybody else's, but it was actually, like, the ending whenever Danny won the award because I just, like, I... <laughs> Tim. No, listen, I hated what that guy said in the beginning as to why he didn't get the blue ribbon, and it just made me so mad. I'm like, seriously? You thought that he was the best, but because he had black fur, you didn't give it to him? Like, what is wrong with you? That just made me, like, so beyond irked. That I, I have to really dislike that scene. I see that. And like, oh, because you had different colored fur, I'm going to give you an honorary ribbon. Here you go. Yeah, that's fur. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to give you the blue ribbon. I'm going <laughs> to give you this honorary one. Okay, you tried to make it sound special, but like, you should have <laughs> given him the blue ribbon. Yeah. You know what I mean? That made me mad. That was my favorite scene, actually, just because like Sorry. he worked so hard. But I like know. now that you now that you mentioned that, I thought about it because at first I'm like, well, it was 1903, and I do understand times are different. But like you said, like there's no excuse for racism. Yeah, there really isn't. But and, like, like I, I know it's silly to be comparing racism to like this sheep, but it really it really that's what was. I, that's it was, what and, it came across to me. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, and I mean I'm a white male. So I really don't have any room to talk. Yeah. You know, on the highest level of privilege, everyone always puts a white male on there. But I'm one who, like, I don't, when I see something I don't like, I will speak my mind about it, like, with especially with racism, because I work with people of every race known to man and every yeah. ethnicity. And whenever I deal with people that are being racist, I do stand up for them because I don't think it's right. I don't think it's fair. I live in a very white town, very conservative town still to this day. But no, but I actually, my favorite part of that scene was when they were showing the sheep and like everyone else is all like 
pristine. Like they have the right answer. And um, Jeremiah is just like from this town. Oh, yeah. that's because Granny feeds him oatmeal. And, yeah, like, <laughs> it was. I mean, it was a cute scene. If you're looking at yeah. that part with Jeremiah, that part, for sure. that part was my favorite. Yeah. Slash when when Granny when he got we brought Danny home and Granny changed her mind. My least favorite was probably the part when they're in the swamp, just like walking around. I got really bored when they were looking for I the think bee I tree. Goes off. Yeah. Oh. During that. No, like, I, I know that scene, oh. and yeah, it was boring. I don't know if I have a least favorite, but I have a favorite. Okay. Which also ties into what I took away from this. So, my favorite scene is actually um, not the first animation. It's in the second animation, when he's, like, first looking through his scrapbook, and the owl is teaching him, it's what you do with what you got. And they show these two little birds... Who, I mean, birds don't have a lot, right? And they build this nest out of string and just sticks and, like, things they find. And they have a family together. And then, like, a storm comes and they, like, band together to protect these little babies. And then they have these little babies. It's such a simple, tiny, little, very powerful lesson. Yeah. In a five-second animation. Right. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. Like, you don't need money and all this other material crap to make yourself happy and to live life just do what you can with what you got make the best of what you got and you can be happy yeah i liked that scene a lot too Mm -hmm. um like i i looked at meg when that happened i was like that's the cutest thing i've ever seen yeah (laughs) definitely and uh so like for me what i took away from it there's a positive and there's a negative so The positive was exactly what Katie said. That's what I was going to say. That scene was so cute. I loved that. Like, it's, again, Walt teaching life lessons. Um, He's always very educational with what he puts out for the most part. And it doesn't seem, like, pushy. It's not, like, shoving it down your throat. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, very, like, it flows. And you're like, I get it. Right. You're right. Yeah. But then also um, negative is that, you know, like, again, like I said, even with this movie about a sheep, we, you know, there were still massive undertones of racism and um, almost like, and, and and it was almost treated like as if it was okay, this is normal, this is how it is, this is what you say, like, oh, well, that yeah, that just is why the mama rejected it. And actually... The mom can reject any baby sheep. It we researched this. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not just because the baby had black wool. I mean, they can do that with any of them if they feel like they're weak or, you know, wasn't, anything. Wasn't he a twin? And I think he that was happens a twin. With that babies. does happen with twins. Yeah. It can, at least. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, why Granny said that annoyed me. Like, that's not true. That's not why. It just happens sometimes in nature. But thankfully, they were in a position where it wasn't out in the wild. It was at a farm, and they were able to raise the baby away from the mom. So it was fine. And then another thing that annoyed me is that, like, she says that black sheep are known to cause a ruckus. And it's oh, like, yeah. what? It's just a sheep. It's any sheep. It's just... I, I, right. I, I have no words. So that annoyed, <laughs> no, you're totally it annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I just wish, you know, 
I hate that, like, Walt seemed blind to these things sometimes. Because as soon as it was said, we looked at each other and were like, uh, I was what? like, what? Mm-hmm. And then, like, the other times it would show up, we're like, okay, like, is that supposed to be an undertone? Or, like, are we yeah, just seeing or it that is... way? Are we looking too much into it? But it just seems mm-hmm. or blindingly just obvious. being deaf to it. And I yeah. feel like he was almost just being deaf to the fact yeah. that racism was so prominent in some of the storylines and like again like it was i'm sure a product of the times um Mm -hmm. but i always i always viewed or i guess wanted to view walt as progressive in some way and see but like he is but then there's things he like is in, back and forth he is in some ways and he isn't in some ways and um part of it is just kind of like disappointing sometimes when watching some of these movies and you know like especially song of the south i mean he knew exactly mm-hmm. what he was getting into with that film he was given suggestions to make it better he didn't take them it's disappointing and again with this movie like to me it is just blatantly obvious the things mm-hmm. that they are saying and I, I just i didn't like it because of that it almost made me not it not enjoy the film as much as i loved danny and loved jeremiah and their relationship and the story that was told mm-hmm. there it left a sour taste in my mouth at the end of the film mm-hmm. and i didn't want it to because for the most part this film was really great yeah it was just those couple mm-hmm. things that were said that made me take a step back and be like why was that okay to say or i don't understand so yeah. i agree mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's my turn for my takeaway. Yeah, um, for it. Mine is kind of like Katie's. Like it's what you like. What the owl was singing. It's what you do with what you got. Like, yeah. you know, Danny was rejected, and I don't necessarily like. You don't know what's going on in the sheep's mind, and I don't think she's like how Granny said when the sheep was born. Sheeps aren't born scared. We're not born scared. We're not born... Yes, I loved that line. I forgot all We're about not... it. Yeah, that's like one of the things that I liked about Grey. Do you want to know what else you're not born? You're not born racist. I was about to say that. <laughs> I was about to... You took the words out of my mouth. I was, like, I was like, you're not born knowing anything. Really, like, you learn everything. No exactly. matter what. You're a product of your environment. Everybody's product... a product of their environment. But no, but, like, that's exactly what, like, when she said that, like, it resonated with me, like, oh, my gosh, like, they are taught this. Like, they were taught, yeah. like, the black sheep, uh, which isn't it, I mean, it's the equivalent of being racist, you know, like, that's what I felt. And I'm like, they weren't taught this. They were taught this. They weren't, you're not born. That was, like, the other thing I joked, but it's the what, with what, it's what you do with what you got. Like, I really liked that. And I liked how. You know, that whole time they're training Danny and the whole thing in his mind in the scrapbook. And then at the end, the judge says, it's what you do with what you got. And I was like, yes, that's like the motto of this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was my takeaway. I I do. I mean, like, yeah, there was a super positive takeaway, but then there were just undertones that made me. There there were, but I think it's an important, like movie to be like this is how it was back then yeah and, and this know, is how the same thing then, that i said about song of the south i don't think song of the south should be banned we need to learn from yeah. what we put out in the past and we need to learn to be better and learn to not do those mm-hmm. things and not say those things and not think those things mm-hmm. 
and not teach our children those things. So um, I think we should, yeah. sorry for interrupting, but I think like, especially for us, you know, none of us are parents yet, but we all will one day be parents. Hopefully soon. Um, hope, well, me not for a little while. I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even engaged or anything like that. Um, but one thing is, is like teaching the, your children the rights and wrongs. I'm just glad that Danny uh-huh. made his own opinion. I mean, Jeremiah made his own opinion about Danny. I agree. Like he's he like, saw. No. He's like, no, I'm taking care of the uh, sheep. I don't care that. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. It was love at first sight. Yeah, it was. Aww. Like, and. It was and love me, like, at first sight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Our Disney story. All right. Disney memory. Disney yeah. story. Whatever. Either. Yeah. All right. So this one comes from Holly Adams. She says, I have never been to the Disney parks, but I'm from a Disney loving household and have plenty of memories of Disney in my life. When I was little, my mom took me, took quite a lot of time off to look after me as my dad was a firefighter. She would always stick on Snow White or Beauty and the Beast and I would sway and swing in front of the TV. My parents still go on. Sway and sing. You said swing. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was an important thing to correct. I'm sorry. Sing I was just swinging on that TV. <laughs> sorry, I butchered your story. My parents still go on about how they could hear "Hi Ho" from the opposite end of the house. Or would you like to do this part? Booty and the beast in an infant voice. <laughs> I still cannot live these down to this day. When I was about four or five, I asked my parents and the people installing my new windows for a snow white stained glass window to go alongside my snow white bedding and wallpaper. Despite this, Beauty and the Beast has always been a firm favorite. My dog is even called Belle. Last year, my dad got a job in Devon, England, and my partner got a job in Stockholm, Sweden. It was time to fly the coop, but something extremely special came out at that time, the live-action Beauty and the Beast. That was the last time my family and I will probably ever go to the cinema together. I think nearly all of us welled up when that beginning music started and Tale as Old as Time started playing too. It was so special and when I visit my family now, we like to sing across the garden center at the top of our lungs. <laughs> I'm going to make Belle my wife. Those little moments are sacred to me and I wanted to share the pure joy and emotion that they have brought to me as I love what they have brought to you all too. Grown up kids forever. Forever. Aww. Forever. Forever. I love that. I love that. I mean, a lot of... um, Name that movie. We'll send you a button. First person to do it. Tim, don't say what it is if you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love... A lot of the stories we have, like, do have to do with a Disney park memory, because a lot of magic happens there. But I love Um, that this one... Yeah. It's just, obviously, just as good of a memory. Yeah. And and it has nothing to do with the parks. It's pure family Disney joy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So thank you, Holly. And huge thank you to Tim for joining us for the 100th time. You know. Oh, yes. He's a natural at this nobody, kind of thing. Nobody uh. else claimed so dear to my heart, guys. Okay. You're missing out. I need to give mm-hmm. a little um, disclaimer here. We still, we still have movies available Lots. for people to join. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. However... I guarantee if you're going to your childhood favorite, it's taken. (laughs) So you're going to have to Mm -hmm. dive deep into the Disney archives, 
pick some movies that you guys want and hit us up because a lot of the ones that we have available are some of the early live actions. We have some of the more obscure animated ones available. Um, and you know what? Don't be afraid. I went into this movie telling Meg, I think I'm going to hate this movie. I don't we think did. I'm going to like we it. We did. We both looked at each mm-hmm. other and we're like, we're not going to like this. And while there are those bad undertones that we talked about, there are very good tones to Overall, it. Overall, it was a good movie. We were laughing mm-hmm. and yeah. like, it was, you know, I Don't it. be afraid yeah. to claim a movie that you've never seen yes. before. Like, that, the, the, that is not a requirement. <laughs> the requirements to join these episodes, you don't have to have seen the movie before. You just have to have seen it before we record. Right. So mm-hmm. just watch it before we record. If it's your first time, great. It's probably Katie's first time. Oh. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> watch. And oh, actually, so though, true. a lot of these early ones, it was my first time as well. Um, so... You know, like I said, that's not a requirement. Don't feel scared or anything to come on the episodes and not have seen the movie before. Tim had never seen this movie before doing this episode, right? No, I had. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I mean, like, we still have plenty to talk about. So, and that's... anyway, reach out to us with the ones that you'd like to be on. A lot of you have reached out. A lot of people have joined. A lot of people have asked for the same movies. And I feel bad turning you down, but we can only have like two people max extra on this on these episodes. So I'm just these if these are the ones you want to be on, I'm sorry, but they're taken. Aladdin, <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid, Cinderella, you know, basically all the princess ones are pretty are pretty mm-hmm. much gone. Um, but any, you know, a lot of the other ones are available. Jungle Book is taken, Robin Hood, Sword in the Stone, like all of those. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, but, um, I know that they're popular and I'm sorry that we can't have more people on them, but it'll just be too many voices. But please look at the archives and see the more obscure ones. And if you're interested in them, please reach out to us. Just send us an email to grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media you can. Comment below on these episodes, on Podbean, um, whatever you whatever you want. Let us know. Send us your Disney memories. I know I'm going to say that in my little spiel at the end, but... Um, yeah, I mean, please let us know what you want to be on. I love hearing from all of you, and I love going to my little doc and figuring out which ones are available and making people happy when I say that they're open. Um, yeah, so it's exciting. And keep in mind that that, that is the heart and soul of grown-up kids. Me yes, and Meg. Yes, we want to meet more people. We want to talk to you. Well, I'm sorry, I just interrupted you. No, it's Go okay. Ahead. I was going to... Well, that, obviously, meeting people, because we've had actual friends we've had um complete strangers Mm -hmm. on here um and also a lot more complete strangers coming up in the future too like i know a lot of you are like oh it's only people that they know it's it's not though like i swear it's just the early ones for whatever reason that's how it landed um the people that are friends with me on facebook happen to be the first ones to reach out to me so most of it is friends in the beginning but it's it's gonna be a lot of new people coming up soon um and we're excited for it the heart and soul is our listeners, and it's also us discovering Disney we've never delved into before. Yeah. So if you want to be a... I mean, you are a part of that because you're a listener, and... If you want to be a part of it more. Right, and you're on this journey with us, but if you want to dive into that journey just a little more, I mean, just pick a random movie you haven't seen and give it a shot. That's what we're doing, and it's a lot of fun. I'm going to high-five the first person that emails me and requests Perry... Because it's a live action movie about a squirrel. How cute is that, guys? 
Seriously, go out, research what the movies are, go to d23.com and search the full archive list of movies. If you make an account, it's free. It gives you a summary of every single movie ever created by Walt. We're following that list for the most part. 95%. So just go on the D23 list and find some stuff that you like and send us an email and see if there's a spot. Lots of soap And I'm excited for Perry, so that's why I called that one out. I'm excited for my cat from outer space. Yeah. Just because I like cats. All right, let's wrap this up. Stop yawning. Whew. We got to go record Swish and Flick now. Yes. We are busy bees today. Mm-hmm. Busy bees from the honey tree in the swamp. One more shout out to my man, Stephen Curry. Matt, get out of here. Oh, my God. Warriors did it again. Three out of four. Three times. Steph Curry champ. Love you, bro. Was Steph Curry in this movie? Oh, I love him, though. And it's just fresh in my mind. And I have to say it. Shout out. Okay, finish this. Shout out to my patience with you. I love you. (laughs) It's okay, Katie. LeBron's not leaving. It's all right. LeBron James. LeBron James. James. (laughs) All right. So, who played with a broken hand? Just want to give that shout out to LeBron James. You get a bell. Legitimate. You get a bell. Played three of those games with a broken hand. Okay, go ahead. Not a broken hand. I'd be. I would not be playing basketball. (laughs) I don't play basketball even with a real hand, but I can't. With a real hand, LeBron would play with a fake hand. Basically. Oh my god. Girl, you got some explaining to do. How you play basketball (laughs) then? Oh god. Grown up kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So make sure that you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. Uh, also, find us on social media and join in on the conversation. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids Disney Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. You can also join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Grown Up Kids Pod to gain access to our first bonus episode that is live. Woo! We are going to be doing TV shows and possibly... DCOMs, Disney Channel Original Movies D-com. on Patreon. So we're starting out with the adventures of the Gummy Bears. Shout out to the Gum Bears. Love them. I loved that show when I was little. We just did the first episode. It's basically like we watch it and live commentate. Um, I don't know if the format's going to change. We're going to figure that out. But head on over to patreon.com forward slash pod to gain access to that episode you can also watch along with us once a month tomorrow we're watching cinderella with our listeners and we'll pick a movie that we're covering that month so june we're covering cinderella in a few weeks we're gonna watch it lastly send us an email at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com and let us know your favorite disney memories so that you can be featured on a future episode and also let us know what movies you want to be on the episode for thank you so much for listening make sure to watch the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad for next week. Woo, the last I'm package a- film. I'm so excited. It's a jam. Oh, it's a- and don't forget, adults are only kids growing up anyway. Bye. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. 
Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.